0: Go with me in the scriptures this morning, please, to Second Peter, the third chapter. We're into a series now we're calling The Way Out, and it's about repentance. And repentance is one of the greatest things you ever heard about in your life. If you don't think so, it's just because you don't know enough about it. Because it is repentance is a gift from God. And it is one of the most precious gifts that you and I have ever received. If uh, you haven't been with us, this is your first time being with us or the first time being in on this series, let me encourage you to go to the Word Supply or, or go online and get the previous messages. won't cost you anything. Second Peter, the third chapter, notice this, verse 3, 2 Peter 3, 3. He said, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. (laughs) Have you heard any of these scoffers? Skeptics? Walking after their own lusts. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? How long ago? Did he say he was going to come, supposedly? (laughs) How many centuries has it been? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. They're scoffing. For this they willingly are ignorant of. Now this is an interesting phrase. There's a whole lot of folks. Their problem is not just ignorance. (laughs) Their problem is unwillingness and unpersuadableness. Amen. They don't want to hear it. They don't, Even if it's right, they don't want to hear it. That's it. They don't want to know it. Amen. They're willingly ignorant. <laughs> Amen. They're ignorant and they want to stay ignorant. <laughs> and they want you to leave them alone. Amen. They don't want to see it. They don't want to know it. They don't want to hear it. But that's a dangerous way to be. Because what you don't know can hurt you. Can destroy you. This willingly they're ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. There was... A time when the world had been the way it was for a long, long, long time. And then it changed. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition. Perdition means destruction of ungodly men. So there's coming a time when this planet that you and I are standing on right now is going to absolutely be destroyed with fire. That's not a theory. That's a fact. It's going to happen. The Bible said the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. Melt. And we know from the scriptures, something's going to happen to our son. Well, that would make sense then, wouldn't it? How would the earth melt? Well, if something went wrong with your son. Right. <laughs> But anyway, that's going to happen. Yes, it is. Listen, that's a theory. No, it's a truth. Amen. It's a truth. It's going to happen. Just like it happened with the flood. The Lord said it's not going to happen anymore like that. It's not going to be destroyed with water anymore. Amen. But it is going to be destroyed with fire. Amen. Verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years... And a thousand years as one day. That's like 40 years an hour. (laughs) So if you've been standing on believing God for something for 20 years, that's about 30 minutes God time. (laughs) I say that because you want to know how he hears it. You think, God, I've been standing so long been standing 10 years 15 minutes <laughs> i've been standing so long <laughs> we really do need to get our mind renewed Amen. to think more like he does we've been here so little time we've been around so briefly that we think uh you know years is a lot of time it's not with god a millennium is like a day to him it's like last night But verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. That's what he's referring to these scoffers saying. He's not coming. Mm -hmm. Look how many centuries it's been. Nothing's happened. Everything's been the same. He said, no, God is not slack and he never fails to do what he said he's going to do. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is God is long-suffering. Aren't we glad that he is? He's long-suffering to us because the longer he waits, it's the more time to get right. If he came today and wound this thing up, a lot of folks are not ready. Are they? How many people are not ready for him to come? Oh, man. Millions and millions. Millions. I mean, sometimes people think, well, hurry up and come, Lord, hurry up and come. Well, you're not looking at the big picture. And some people are, I mean, they're not thinking right. They're like, God, you know, I owe money. Could you come now? (laughs) Get me out of trouble. No. (laughs) The rapture, the Lord's coming is not about the great escape. (laughs) The Lord is coming back for a glorious, victorious church. He's not coming for somebody that's going, oh, get, get me out of here, get me out of here. But somebody who's an overcomer, yeah. who's a bright witness in the midst of a dark world. Yeah. And if you thought right, you'd say, oh, God, could you give us another week? Because, yeah. man, we got a lot of people down here not right and they're not ready. Yeah. And so he's been doing that yeah, decade you, after decade, yeah. century after century, hasn't he? And if he said, I can wait another day, (laughs) I see people going, no, no. (laughs) What would that mean? I can wait another thousand years, another ten centuries. I can wait another day for these people to come in. Them and their kids and their grandkids and their great, 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 great grandkids. (laughs) I want him to come right now I know you do but what you really should want is for it to be right because when he does come when things are this segment is finished it's going to be over for some things some things are going to be no more so how many believe he'll do it right (laughs) he'll do it right But what we're getting into, and it's what I I believe we should get into today, there is a time when it's time to not wait any longer. Mm -hmm. That time comes. It will come for the whole world at some point, but it also comes on an individual basis in this life. Uh, let's keep reading. He said, The Lord's, uh, read this verse 9 again. The Lord's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward. Why? This is insight into his nature, who he is, what kind of being he is. If you say, I'm fed up with this bunch, forget about it, just wipe them out. That's not him. I said that's not him. He is long suffering. Somebody said long suffering. What does that mean, long suffering? Suffers long. That means he puts up with it a long, long time. Aren't we glad he does? Yeah. To usward. And he's not willing that what? Any. Any. Will there be some that perish? Oh, yeah. Yes, are people perishing today? Yeah. Yes. But none of them perishing is God's will. Now, this should be a bedrock in your belief system. You should understand this. It is never the perfect will of God for people to be destroyed. Never. Never. It happens, it's happening. But in not one case was it the perfect will of God. Have you got scripture for it? Yes. Read it out loud. He's not willing, he not willing that, any that any should perish. Should perish. And this is not the only verse like this in the New Testament. Say it out loud three times. He's not willing, he not willing that, any that any should perish. God's not willing, God's not willing that, any any that any should perish. God is not willing, is not willing. That, any that any should, should perish. It means be destroyed is there an alternative to perishing? Yes. What is it? Repentance. But that all should come to repentance. That is the alternative. He gives everybody a choice. Everybody has a choice. What? Instead of be destroyed, you can Amen. repent. Now let me go over again what it means to repent. If you look up the words there's about four main words in the New Testament that are translated repent and they basically mean these things. They mean to perceive afterwards, to regret, to have compunction and to transform. I'd say it like this. It includes the idea of regret and reform. You care about it And you change. You haven't repented until you've changed. You could cry and feel, a lot of times people cry and feel bad because they got caught. (laughs) That's not repenting (laughs) at all. But to repent means you see after you've done it, it was wrong, and you care whether it was wrong or not. And it bothers you. That you've missed it and come short. Or didn't do what the Lord told you to do. But you don't stop there and grovel in uh, guilt. You ask him to forgive you. Amen. And know the price has already been paid. And you just receive. Yeah, yeah. I said you receive your forgiveness. Yeah. You receive your righteousness restored. Yeah. And you don't just go back and do it again tomorrow. You yeah. change. Yes. You change. So repentance involves Change. Go with me to Luke 13, please. Luke 13. Now, again, we've already covered a lot of ground on this subject. And if you've got some questions about what we're talking about now, they may have already been answered in previous things. So, again, take advantage of those. In Luke 13. Luke 13, 1. This is one of the most amazing revelations the first part of this chapter on so many things that people are confused about uh, today luke 13:1 there were present at that season some that told jesus of the galileans whose blood pilate had mingled with their sacrifices they were sacrificing and for some reason pilate sent his troops And, you know, when they were killing the lambs and the goats and their blood was there, well, they slaughtered them, the people, while they were sacrificing. Verse 2, And Jesus said to them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? Now, this deals with a core issue that's around today. This would be like hearing something on the news. The next verse, he talks about a tower that fell on some people and killed them. And he asked the same question. Do you think those people the tower fell on were worse people than other folks that lived in an area? That's why it happened to them, because they were so bad. And he said, no. The answer is no. (laughs) This is out of the mouth of Jesus. See, there's a lot of folks, they'll see some kind of a, Tragedy or catastrophe, and they say, Well, man, that's probably because, you know, them guys must have done some bad stuff. We know destruction is not the will of God. We know it's not a blessing for serving Him, right? This would be like hearing something on the news, some catastrophe, and you said, Man, wonder why that happened to those folks. And verse 3. Jesus said, I tell you no. How many understand no? (laughs) No what? They were not worse people than other people living in that area that it didn't happen to. It didn't happen to them because they were worse people. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. This is a complete reversal. Of the mentality millions of church people have. Verse 4. Those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them. Do you think they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Talk about wrong place, wrong time. These people happened to be standing. (laughs) Right by this tower. When it. The structure of it failed, something happened to it, it collapsed, and these huge stones, whatever, fell on these people and killed them. Why them? So they're saying, why, well, you know, this must have happened to them because of their sins, because of them being bad. And Jesus said, no, they weren't any worse than anybody else living around there. <laughs> and unless you repent, The same thing can happen to you. Should we take Jesus' words to heart? What he's talking about is being spared and protected. And what's the key to being spared and protected? Is there an alternative to being destroyed? Tell me what it is. It's repenting. You can confess protection scriptures. But if you ignore this. You can still get in trouble. He said. Do you think those men. That the tower fell on. That they're sinners. Above everybody else. Living in Jerusalem. Verse 5. I tell you. Nay. What's nay mean? No. no. What's no mean? No. That's not. Why that happened to them. Yeah. Well did you see that storm. Hit that city. Did you see that hurricane hit that place did you see that earthquake hit that place those peoples must have been you know well no if they're not any worse than anybody else then the earthquake should have hit the other people too everywhere equally and that's why a lot of people scoff and mock at these things there's no God this is just natural stuff nobody knows why it's quiet in this church (laughs) No. Part of the reason, and and we went into this in great detail in the series called You Choose. God is in control of everything people say. But if you look at the scriptures, you'll find that if you just say it like that, it's not true. And instead of God being in everything that's happening down here, the truth is, unless you ask him to, he's not involved. And why did this bad thing happen? The question is, why hasn't it already happened to a lot of people? And in a lot of places, the earth is a very dangerous place to live. It's affected by the curse. The Bible said the planet itself is groaning. It's groaning. That's what earthquakes and tsunamis and hurricanes and all this stuff is. It's because the systems are out of skew. They're off. And the planet's getting old just like your body's getting old. It's getting old. And it's groaning. And there are forces that are trying to pull it apart. Because of sin. God didn't create it that way. It's that way because of sin. And because of the curse. And the solution is not to think that the earth is going to become in its present state a peaceful utopia. That's never going to happen. There's going to be earthquakes, famines, storms, there's going to be. But what you need in the midst of all this turmoil is some heavy duty God protection. That's what you need. And if you're going to get it when somebody else doesn't, it's not going to be because you were so much better than them. It'll be because you repented and they wouldn't, Amen. and you believed God, and they didn't. Amen. That was worth you combing your hair and coming yeah. to church this morning right, right there. Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's not. People get all goofy ideas and religious junk when some tragedy happens. Go, Well, God was doing this, and God, God is not the destroyer. And it's not his perfect will that anybody be destroyed ever. I know that rubs crosswise with 80% of the teaching going on in churches. I know that. But can you read the Bible for yourself? God's a good God. I said he's a good God. And if people would allow him to, he'd save everybody. Do you believe it, saints? He would, if everybody would repent and everybody would believe him, he would save everybody. He would protect everybody. He would heal everybody. He would keep everybody. Do you believe that? His will is the same for everybody. But the truth is, there are many who no matter what happens, they will not repent. They're not going to. You can't make them. God's not going to try to make them. Look with me in the book of Revelation. You might, if you got a ribbon or something, put it there in the 13th chapter of Luke. We may need to come back there. But go to Revelation 2. Revelation 2, the Lord tells the churches, he addresses The churches, the church at Ephesus, the church at Laodicea, church after church. And how many remember he told these churches more than a couple of times to repent? Did he tell them that? He said, repent. Seeing what we've seen already, why would the Lord be telling you to repent? He doesn't want you to be destroyed. He doesn't want you to be judged. He wants to be able to keep you, protect you. And so in, uh, in Revelation 2 and verse 4, he's speaking to the church at Ephesus. And he said, verse 4, Revelation 2, 4, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen and repent. Do what? Repent. repent and do the first works or else... I will come unto you quickly and will remove your candlestick out of your place. They're going to lose something. But notice what the rest of the verse says. Verse 5 what? Last phrase. Except or unless you repent. And you can put this phrase on virtually every time God ever says anything about judgment. Virtually every time he says anything about impending judgment, you could put this on the end of it. It's going to happen. what? Unless you repent. and if you repent, it can be averted. Judgment can be averted. Destruction can be avoided. Thank <laughs> you Lord. Is't that some of the best news you've ever heard in your life? And last week, you know, we looked at how evil Ahab was. How evil Manasseh was. You talk about somebody that you would say, they deserve to be blown to bits. They deserve the hottest hell. We're talking about people that burnt babies as part of their worship service. And yet, when they repented, God forgave him. He forgave him. He said, do you see how he humbled himself before me? He said, so the judgment will not come in his lifetime. After all of that, it was coming. Unless, say it out loud, unless Unless. you repent. Oh, that's just some of the best news you ever heard in your life. Isn't it? Unless you repent. Unless you repent. When a person messes up. Including yourself. I don't care how evil it is. I don't care how grievous it is. That's not the worst thing that can happen to you. No matter what it is. And it's not over. Do you know what the worst thing that can happen to you is? To get where you won't repent. That's the worst thing that can happen to you. Because no matter what you did, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll acknowledge it, if you'll repent, God will forgive you. He'll cleanse you. He'll restore you. So it's not over. But if you get to where you won't repent, God himself can't help you. I know that's a big statement. But because of the way he has set things up. He's not going to violate his word. If you won't repent. We talked about that a few sessions ago too. It's not that you couldn't be restored. It's not that what you did is so bad. You can't get past it. That's not the biggest problem. The worst thing that ever happened to you. Is not the sin or mistake. It would be a refusal. To repent. Because if you refuse to repent. If you harden your heart. If you stiffen your neck, if you get stubborn, unteachable, unrepentant, then that's where the scripture says you can get to a place where you'll be destroyed. And that without remedy. There's no fix. And it wasn't because God wouldn't forgive you. It's because you wouldn't repent. Skip on down to the uh, verse 18. Verse 18. To the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, his feet are like fine brass. I know your works, and your love, and your service, and your faith, and your patience, and your works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. Do you reckon churches today are the same way? You see that same thing to every one of these churches. He said, You've done this. I'm pleased with that. You've done this. This is good. But you got this. You need to repent about this. Do you think modern churches would be the same way? If the Lord dealt with the church and said, you know, I'm pleased with you on this. You've done this. But you need to stop this. You need to quit this. So there was areas these churches needed to repent in. Which means they needed to change. And this is one of them. He said, you suffer that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. To teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. So there was a woman who claimed to be a prophetess was misleading the people and leading them into sin. And he said, y'all are tolerating it. You're putting up with it. You're going along with it. Verse 21. Now get this. I gave her space to repent. What does that mean? This is a space of time, space of time to repent of her fornication and what? She, did not. she repented not. She wouldn't do it. Verse 22, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Judgment's coming and that's final. No. No. <laughs> I said, no, it's not final. Yeah, but this is Jezebel. (laughs) Jezebel deserves to go to hell. Jezebel needs to be judged. He said, I gave her what? Is there a window of time where folks are allowed and what that means is they're continuing to do their evil stuff. And yet they're not being judged. Does that mean God doesn't know? No, He knows. Well, he knows. Does it mean they're going to get away with it forever? No, no, no. Here's the truth you need to know. Nobody ever gets away with anything. Ever. Ever. I know some people that did. No, you don't. It ain't over. It ain't over. Even when this life is over, it ain't over. Oh, but friend, if you'll get it under the blood, if you'll repent, then you won't be judged for it. And if you'll judge yourself, what the Bible say, you won't be judged. He said, this is going to happen. I gave her space to repent. I gave her time to get it right. And to get right with me, she wouldn't do it. And this is what's going to happen because her time has come now and gone. Will there come a time where if you don't repent, it's going to be destruction? Don't care who it is. God's merciful, but it's not just indefinite forever. If you won't judge yourself, what will happen? You'll be judged. He said, this is going to happen, but don't you like that last phrase? I think this has become one of my favorite phrases right here. Except they repent. What if they repent? What's he saying? If they'll repent, then this judgment I'm talking about is not going to happen. Isn't that the mercy and goodness of God? If they'll repent. But now you, we mentioned this earlier. Go, uh, go later here in the book of Revelation, and you'll see there are cases where no matter what happens, go to the ninth chapter. No matter what happens, the people are not going to repent. In Revelation nine. He talks about judgments coming. Verse 9 and 20, all these terrible things have happened. And the rest of men which were not killed by these plagues, what did they do? Verse 20, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they, verse 21, of their murders, or their sorceries, or their fornications, or of their thefts. The world is coming down around their ears. And what's their biggest problem? See, people would think, well, the plagues are the biggest problem. No, it's not. So people think, well, the destruction, the economy, the storm, that's the biggest problem. No, it's not. No, it's not. The biggest problem... Is folks refusing to repent? If my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves and pray and do what else? Turn. Turn from their, is that repentance? And seek his face. What will he do? He'll hear. He'll forgive. He'll heal. Could he heal our land no matter how bad it was, no matter what kind of shape it was in? If enough of the people would repent genuinely, God could turn this thing around so fast. But you got a lot of people who are belligerent, aren't they? They are haughty before God, they deny his existence. That's a long ways from repenting. And if you won't repent, it can get to a point where all that remains is judgment and destruction. Would that ever be the perfect will of God for anybody? Never. He's always giving this alternative. You can repent. Look at the 16th chapter. You see the same thing. Uh, 16th chapter of Revelation in verse 7. He said, I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. I told you something's going to happen to our son. And men were scorched with what? Great heat. And their response? Their response? Blaspheming the name of God, which has power over these plagues. He could have stopped them. And they what? Repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain. And what did they do? Blaspheme God. Cussed God. I mean, that is one of the stupidest things a human being ever did on the planet, right? Because he's your help your answer. He's the only one that can fix this. And you're going to stand there and curse him? That might be the answer to how stupid can you be? (laughs) Because of their pains and their sores and they what? Repented Repented not. Not just failed to repent on that occasion. They're not going to repent. And I don't know when that is. You don't know when that is. But the Lord knows. He knows watching people on something for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or 50 years. He knows at what point it is that they're never going to change. It doesn't matter what happens. They're not going to. And if you're not going to repent. That's and you won't judge yourself. Then that's when judgment can come. Not that it was ever God's will. Go back with me to Luke 13, please. You believe the Lord's helping us with these things? I know some of these things. Some folks rather not hear. They think they'd rather hear something lighter. (laughs) But uh, we need to know these things, don't we? We need to know the truth. And this is not bad news. This is good news. Isn't it? If (laughs) you're willing to repent. (laughs) <laughs> and you need to have it settled in your heart there's no such thing as a situation with people that they have done too much they have gone too far nothing can be done they can't be helped even though they may be in a bad situation and destruction may be looming is there a clause at the end come on help me out what's the clause unless <laughs> unless you'll repent and if you repent It can be a whole nother story. Right? That's why as ministers and as believers, we're to tell people the good news. What? Some people have only preached judgment. You sinners, you're going to hell. If you don't change, you're going to hell. A lot of times they don't even say if you don't change, you're going to hell. That's not good news. <laughs> That's bad news. <laughs> bad news. So we give people the good, what's the good news? The good news is all of your sins and failures and mistakes have already been put on Jesus and He paid the price. He was judged for all of them. He was punished for all of them. All the judgment fell on Him. For you. And all you got to do is believe it and receive it. That's good news. That's good news. Be saved. Name in the Lamb's Book of Life. They're working on your mansion. Eternity (laughs) with Jesus and the redeemed. Good news. Good, 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 good news. What if they say, I don't believe all that junk. I don't need all that religion junk. We got some bad news for you. you'll go to hell and you'll be judged and you'll be punished but give them the good news first right and if they accept that then we don't have any bad news for them (laughs) there's always the label unless you repent and look at this in Luke 13 it's such a picture of mercy and grace we read To where Jesus brought up and he said, do you think that these people that these bad things happened to were worse people than everybody else around? He says, no, no, they weren't. But unless you repent, are you there with me again in Luke 13, five, unless you repent, he said, you shall all likewise perish Let me go over this again, and if this sounds new to you, please, get that series on You Choose. It's quite a few hours of that, and follow through the scriptures and see. When people say God is in control and everything happens for a reason, there are wrong implications. There are things that are absolutely contrary to scripture that are implied when people say it. The truth is, there's a whole lot of stuff happening down here that's not the will of God. And the truth is, there's a whole lot of things God is not in it. He's not even in it. He's not around it. It's between people and the devil and the sin and curse. And the truth is, how many remember Jesus, excuse me, the word said in Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will do what? Open the door. door, I'll come in and sup with him. Well, what if you won't open the door? Will he be in there with you anyway? Then if you won't let him in, ask him in, he's not in it. Come on, can you see this? He's not in. There's a whole lot of people. They're blaming God for everything that's happening in their life. But the truth is, they haven't invited him in. He's not in what's going on in their life. They're trying to make some kind of sense out of it. And they say, well, God's in control and we don't know his reason for it. No, a whole lot of junk. God is not in. He doesn't have a purpose in it and a reason in it. The reason is because people didn't listen to him. I know this is contrary to some teaching and preaching. Don't take my word for it. Go get that series. Get your Bible. Follow me through every verse. And see if it's right or not. Not a matter about what I think, what you. Well, I got a right to my beliefs. Actually, you don't. If Jesus is your Lord, you don't have a right to make up stuff as you go along. You're supposed to believe what He told you to believe. Right? <laughs> you or me, either one. <laughs> aren't you glad you came this morning? Okay. Jesus said, "No, I tell you, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish." It's not shock, shock. Something bad happened to somebody. We don't have to worry about it because those were the bad people. <laughs> no, no, no. He said, unless you repent, the same thing can happen to you next week. Yeah. It's not shock, shock, bad things are happening on earth. This is a devil-filled, curse-filled, disease-filled, crazy people-filled place. It's yeah. dangerous place to live. Yeah. And the only way you're going to make it through another day or another week in one piece and holding in good shape. Is because by the grace of God. You were kept. And spared. And protected. So you don't want to get all huffy. Thinking you're superior. And more righteous. Because it didn't happen to you. If you get where you won't repent. Then he'll get where he can't protect you. Bad things happen in our country. In our cities. Wherever. It's not just are they bad people. No, no, no. The question we should be asking, why wasn't God able to protect them? Us, something happened. Why wasn't God, Lord, what, what happened? What, what did I do or not do? I didn't repent. I didn't get something changed. You weren't able to protect me on that. And repenting allows him to protect us. Now look at the next, this flows right into the next part, verse 6. He spoke also this parable. This is connected. This is a flow. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came and sought fruit thereon and found none. He said to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, look, these three years I've come seeking for fruit on this fig tree and find none, cut it down. Why? cumbereth it the ground. It's just using up resources and space. I could have a good tree here that's producing fruit. Verse 8. He said to him, Lord, let it alone this year also. What's he asking for? Time. (laughs) Time for what? Time for it to repent. What do you mean a fig tree can repent? Change. Repent means change. Time for it to change. Let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it fertilize it and if it bear fruit well then it gets to stay and if not (laughs) then after that you shall cut it down this is a picture of prayer prayer mercy grace judgment stayed more time to repent and get it right can you see this he's not just talking about fig trees and orchards he's talking about people Isn't he? And when a person goes year after year after year. And they've been given. Every good thing and blessing. And yet they produce no good fruit. Maybe producing bad fruit. After a while. You know. Why are they. Getting all these resources. And they don't care about doing anything right. Producing any fruit. Judgment was impending. For it to be removed. Didn't he tell one of the churches. I'll remove your candlestick didn't he say that but but there was another phrase after that unless you repent repent, right and so here somebody intervened and said Lord would you give them some more time Mm -hmm. I know they hadn't done right and I know they've had plenty of time to get it right but would you give them another year you reckon anybody ever prayed that kind of thing for you Maybe mama, <laughs> maybe grandma, maybe maybe daddy or grandpa, maybe brother or sister or while you're running around acting a fool, not being saved or whatever, huh? Yeah. And for the nth time, did something stupid and were spared by the mercy of God. Well, there can come a time where if you don't judge yourself and you don't get it right, that time of opportunity and time to repent can be passed. And all that remains is the judgment. Oh, but the mercy of God. I've I've prayed this way for my own family. I've prayed this way for friends and people I knew. I remember one time I was in the floor. This must have been 20 years ago about this particular thing. I said, Lord, you have been so merciful to them. This one particular thing I'm thinking about. They should have been dead and gone years (laughs) ago. And you have spared them. And yet they won't serve you. They know better. And Lord... I know they don't deserve it. I know they don't. But I'm asking you, please, give them, give them some more time to get it right. And he spoke to my heart. I don't mean to hurt an audible voice, but inside me, he said, I'm going to do that just because you asked me to. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe he's that good? Do you believe he's that gracious? Yes. I'm going to do that, he said, just because you asked me to. He wants to. He wants to. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website, at morelife.org.